0: you can ask others for help there's nothing wrong with it it's not just a you know a a one-sided thing you're always looking for how you can give value to others and you're also
1: staying very open to receiving this is the playbook i am so excited i have a hall of famer uh here with me a hall of fame speaker a best-selling author of one of my favorite books in the world this ranks up there with napoleon hill and dr wayne dyer something that I continue to read over and over again to unravel the layers of my purpose. Um, And I wanna introduce everyone to someone who I admire greatly. Bob Berg, welcome to The Playbook. Wow, what a great introduction. Thank you, David. It's such an honor to be with you. Well, you know, when you live your life in the realm of trying to understand giving, and for me, it's been a, a lifetime, energetically, genetically, to see where I've come from and the lessons I've learned that have all revolved around giving. Because I was born in a world of not enough. I have a single mom with six kids who gave everything. And so I had this initial, you know, the more you give, the more you're gonna receive. But it was funny because everybody around me, Bob, they were so abundant about giving, but they weren't receiving anything. They were giving everything away. And it was so confusing to me as a young man. I said, you know what? I got to buy my mom a house and a car. So I'm not going to be a good person. I'm going to go to law school and I'm going to make a lot of money. And I'm not going to believe in this giving thing only because I want to give to my, my mom who gave everything away. And so I went from a world of not enough, where I was a victim and it was competitive and scarce into this world of for me and, and I thought I was a giving person and I think that you know I fell when I had money nine months out of law school a millionaire I sat there and said okay I make a lot of money I'm gonna buy my mom this house in a car and I'm gonna keep buying everything that I want and this is gonna make me happy and unfortunately for me I kept making more money and it kept buying into the fact this was a confirmation that money could buy happiness and love and of course as you write about There was a major paradigm shift in my life that had to occur because regardless of how much money I made, there was always more money, which I also was more empty and unhappy and created more interference. And all of this came to this great lesson about giving. And then I read your book and I said, wow, this person understands something I didn't understand. And it was authors like you that changed my life. Now, I lost over $100 million and went bankrupt. Uh, most people don't make that much money or have never amassed that much, especially coming from nothing. Um, but through your book and through the mindset, the heart set and the handset, I've been able to make more money than I've ever made and help more people and have more fun. I was curious from reading all your books, what was it in your journey that allowed you to evolve your understanding of giving? So,
0: so first, I, I think it's important to really define what me, we mean when we talk about about giving as it relates to the the term or concept of go giver, right? Right. And so, so really, what it's about is is understanding that that shifting your focus, and this I think is really where it all begins with the focus, shifting your focus from getting to giving now. When we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others, understanding that doing so is not only a a more fulfilling way of conducting business, it's the most financially profitable way as well and not for any kind of woo-woo way out there magical mystical type of reasons it actually makes very logical very rational sense david because when you and you know this when when you're that person who can take your focus off of yourself and place it on serving others, on discovering their needs, their wants, their desires, helping them solve their problems, uh, moving the focus off of yourself and onto helping them come closer to happiness, People feel good about you. People want to get to know you. They like you. They trust you. They want to be in a relationship with you. They uh, they they want to be part of your life. They want to do business with you. They certainly want to tell others about you and be your personal walking ambassador. I think the challenge comes because of the way we as we grow up and whether a combination of, and it all goes back to our, our belief systems, right? The way we see the world. And this is a combination of upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, television shows, movies, everything we, where uh, we're, we're kind of hit with this idea. And, and sometimes we even experience it, unfortunately, as you did, where, you know, the, the person who's the giving person who gives themselves away Really doesn't attain prosperity, and the uh, you know the the people on TV you see in, in my day it was J.R. Ewing that's you know my Peter my age bracket he was the the guy who was wealthy but he was horrible and he was obnoxious and he was terrible to it right and so there's that that treacherous dichotomy what my co-author John David Mann and I call the false dilemma the either or right uh, do you want to be wealthy or happy? Right. That's a, a false dilemma. It's the answer is yes, both. Right. And so it's understanding that that yes, as you, as you give, yeah, from the heart, but as you give intelligently with an openness also to receive, right? And you create so much value for so many people and so many lives. You're planting these seeds of goodwill, of great will. You know what you're really doing? You're creating what we call the benevolent context for your success. So really, in a, especially to the degree that we operate in a free market-based environment, free market simply meaning no one is forced to do business with you, the only way you can create sustainable wealth is by focusing on bringing immense value to another human being. And remember, and, and I say this when I speak at sales conferences, nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet. Right? Right. They're not going to buy from you because you need the money or even just because you're a really nice person. They're going to buy from you, do business with you because they believe that, that they will be better off by doing so than by not doing so. And that's great news for that entrepreneur or salesperson who really genuinely, authentically wants to provide immense value to others. It's also why John David Mann and I say that money is simply an echo
1: of value. And money follows you for that reason. Absolutely. In the Go-Giver Network, the Go-Giver book series, you know, it's really clear the expectations. There's this, you know, feeling that uh, if I receive something, someone loses something. And in the storytelling, which I believe is excellent in utilizing your protagonist as a salesperson who is desperate to meet their quota. Right. (laughs) Typical. And, you know, I've run huge sales forces and, And I was, I was that person, you know, in my 20s and, and just, you know, wanting to hit that number and looking at some of, you know, my mentors after reading your book in a different light going, wow, I I wish I would have had the ability to see what I couldn't see and learn what I couldn't learn at the time. And the idea of mentorship is also incorporated uh, in the book, uh, which is very important, but a lot of people, and I think They may miss this in the subtlety of the book, the power of asking for help, right? I think it's very clear to be able to articulate the quantitative value that we give and be able to provide that value to others and the effect it has on this benevolent world of abundance. But inherently, there's this real subtle message about you still, it's okay to ask for help.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's giving and receiving. Yeah, and and so Joe, the protege in the story, is taught by by Pindar that, you know, you you, you breathe out, you also have to breathe in. Again, it's a false dichotomy, the false dilemma. It's not one or the other, right? You breathe out and you breathe in. You breathe out carbon dioxide, you breathe in oxygen. You breathe out, which is giving. You breathe in, which is receiving. Giving and receiving, despite the messages, the anti-prosperity messages we receive from the world around us, which are absolutely immense, right? Despite those, giving and receiving are not opposite concepts. As you know, giving and receiving are simply two sides of the very same coin, and they work in, in, in tandem. Um, the, the key is that the focus is on the giving, right? I mean, that's just natural law. That's, that's, that's universal law. That's that's laws of, of nature. We plant before we harvest. We sow before we reap. We give before we receive, right? But once, you know, when you're giving and you're giving value, you're giving immense value to others and to, and, and you know, you've, uh, you've again, as you, you've got to still, like you said so beautifully, you've got to stay open to receive, And you can ask others for help. There's nothing wrong with it, and it's you know, um, but it's it's not just a you know a a one-sided thing. You're always looking for how you can give value to others, and you're also staying very open to receiving.
1: It's interesting too where belief falls into this. Mm -hmm. When I mean, you know, I one of my mentors was a man named Bob Proctor who passed away recently. Well, you know, he, he, you know, he is who Pindar is, is, was modeled off of in the, in the story.
0: I, so yeah, he, so he wasn't, Pindar wasn't Bob Proctor, but he was based on Bob Proctor, right? And, you know, yeah. the, and Bob was just such a wonderful guy. He lived in prosperity. He lived on the creative plane and, and he just gave so much to so many people and he was very prosperous and a fantastic guy. So yeah. So yeah, Bob
1: Proctor was a hero of mine. Absolutely. And as a mentor, I was blessed to be around him a lot. And when he first met me, I told him, you know, the more I give, the more I receive. And I was very proud. He he's the biggest donor. I'm the chairman of Unstoppable Foundation. And he was the biggest donor to the oh, with um, uh, Cynthia, Kersey, uh, Cynthia, in Cynthia Kersey, one of my another of my favorite human beings. Yeah. So I'm the chairman of her foundation, um, uh, which now makes me love you even more. And, and, and furthermore, though, so Bob, you know, when he first met me, I was much younger and naive. And I said. said you you give to receive I said yeah that's you know what I believe and he said oh you're still a negotiator because I ran the most notable sports agent and I said how's that a negotiation he said because your belief is that somehow they are tied you know together and he said think about this right that there this is just a trade this is another scarce thought he said imagine if you truly believe there was more than enough of everything for everyone that you didn't live in the zero sum game where when you gave somebody was losing and when you received somebody was losing. And what if there was a value add world where you were only adding value on all aspects of giving and receiving. And this is a very interesting, but difficult thing to communicate. And I thought you did it extremely well in the book that this value-add world instead of a zero-sum world was the best way to effectively communicate. It's not giving to receive, right? We receive to get right. more. We can give unconditionally, but we still have to have a belief yeah. that it's a value-add wor- world. We don't have to believe anything other than that to know by adding value that it will add value to everyone, not just the person that we're directing it towards.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think a, a person who did a wonderful job of, of explaining that was Wallace D. Waddles in his, his landmark uh, 1910 book, uh, The Science of Getting Rich, where he talked about the difference between living on the creative plane and living on the competitive plane. And when you live on the creative plane, it's more life for all, right? Everyone should benefit through every relationship. And of course, Bob Proctor, who was a big fan of, of the science of getting rich, and Bob certainly embodied that.
1: Yeah, as well as Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, and where we direct our attention and intention. So, um, what are some of the nuances of the book that may not be more apparent or even of the community and the network uh, that people may not really gather? Some of the messaging that uh, may vibrate at a higher frequency that not everyone you know gets it right away that you'd like to share with us today that you know are i know there's many layers I keep reading it and i'm like oh i get what bob's saying here this will really help me are there some things that you think aren't quite as uh, apparent and people aren't aware of that are incorporated in the book as well
0: well you know one thing is that i that i think with the, the with the title the go-giver people sometimes think that that we're um that we are saying that being a go-getter isn't a good thing. And of course, words have meanings. It's always how you define terms. But, but John and I like to say we love go-getters because go-getters are people of action, right? Go-getters get things done. And you know we're all business people. We know you can have the nicest thoughts, the best ideas, and the greatest of intent, but without action, uh, nothing's going to happen. So we want people to be both go-getters, uh, people who are action-oriented, and go-givers, people who are absolutely laser-focused on providing immense value to others. We would say the opposite of a go-giver is not a go-getter. The opposite of a go-giver is a go-taker. And that's that person who feels almost entitled, if you will, to take, 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 right, without having added value to the person, to the process, to the situation. And so, so I think a lot of people think that that, you know, Berg and Mann are saying, be a go-giver, not a go-getter. No, we're saying
1: be both. <laughs> right? yeah. I, I love that about Bob Berg. He's a both person like I am. And you really also look at the <laughs> law of gravity and the law of Goya and the law of attraction, meaning the law of gravity says, I'm happy where I'm at. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be at the right place at the perfect time uh, with all the earthly rotations and hurling. And the law of gravity applies. I, I, I'm happy here. But it's okay to have the law of Goya, which John Asaroff taught me, right? Get off your ass, make it happen, be a go-getter. <laughs> and then you're making room for more. Sure. Uh, the law of assumption, the law of allowance, the law of attraction, whatever. Uh, non-woo-woo, woo woo, metaphysical, physical, it doesn't matter to me. But there is a, a frequency that exists, a beacon that, uh, of faith or belief that, look, when I'm providing value, Value is going to follow me. I'm going to attract more value. I don't know where it's coming from, which I love, right? I I talk about the law of coincidence, attention plus intention. If you look at my life, it's like, wow, all I did was give that person a ride. And the next thing I know, my life would change forever. In fact, people ask me how I got my job with Lee Steinberg, uh, most notable sports agent, Jerry Maguire. And they're like, how'd you end up with that job? You were a technology guy, David. said, I was helping a friend. He asked me, he had a reality show, he didn't know many lawyers. I wasn't a very good lawyer, but he saw me as a great negotiator and somehow I ended up in Lee Steinberg's office negotiating a, a reality show. And he took a liking to my knowledge of technology and sports. And he said, look, I need a new chief operating officer. Will you help me? I, I mean, I would have sent my resume when I was in law school a thousand times the Lee Steinberg to work for him, right? But by helping somebody else, by providing value, here I end up with one of the most notable positions that changed my life. And I read this book and I could think in my head, sometimes it was unintentional. You know, Bless my mom for teaching me to, to live this way. And I just have to clarify that message. The last thing I'd like to speak about before I let you go, and I went a little bit longer than I normally do, is the personal relationships. Beyond money, beyond you know, what we consider go-giving, Uh, you know, the relationship uh, between husband and wife that's indicated in the book uh, really resonated with me because beyond money, my life and my wife and that relationship that I hold most close and dear to my heart that has changed my life the most, when I read that chapter and I said, when he had to go home and he wasn't listening and, you know, nothing was right in his marriage and it's just like a simple change That changed his marriage was so impactful to me to go giving, how does it impact the most important relative relationships of family and and spouses and girlfriends and boyfriends, how does it apply to the personal side beyond the economic quantitative value.
0: Well, as you first learned from Bob Proctor many years ago, any universal law or principle pretty much works across the board. So when we talk about success, sure, there's financial, but there's also physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, social, relational, what have you. And um, when you have a a personal relationship and you're focused on, uh, we can say giving value, right? Providing value to that other, your focus is on making that person happy well, if you're with a the right person, they're probably going to be focused the same on you. That's where, you know, um, where I was gonna say Bob Proctor, where Pindar <laughs> in the story uh said it's not 50-50, it's simply 100. Or actually, uh uh, I'm trying to think who the character was that that, that said that. Uh just <laughs> went blank. Gosh. That's all right. Um, and so <laughs> uh and and so Yeah, you know, and so it's that so it's not 50 50. It's simply 100. And when your focus is on making that it was Sam, uh, when you're making that other person uh, looking to make that other person happy. And when you're taking enjoyment and the happiness you're bringing to another, uh, again, we're not and we're not talking about a um, codependent type of relationship where one person is a narcissist and one person. (laughs) No, we're talking when you've got two similar people with similar values, and you're both giving 100. Well, what happens? You know, again, it goes right back
1: to that creation principle. It's more for everyone. Well, I appreciate the hundred that you keep giving to the millions <laughs> and uh, Bob Berg's an incredible uh, empowering leader, um, an intelligent follower, extremely effective communicator about an extraordinarily important part of our lives, which is giving and receiving Uh, In the oneness of the connectivity of all. And if you haven't read The Go-Giver, if you haven't looked into The Go-Giver network and community, uh, please do. And you can reach out to me or Bob. Uh, This is a book that changed my life. People ask me all the time, how do you achieve such passion, purpose, and profitability? It's books like these. It's people like these in my life uh, that have had a huge impact. And no surprise, I never knew that Pindar was Bob Proctor. But there's no coincidences <laughs> in my life and no coincidences that you're a Cynthia Kersey and Blaine led and all my community. I knew somehow there must be a frequency that keeps attracting the right people into my <laughs> life. And Bob Berg, anything I can do for you, please let me know how I can be of service or value. You're an extraordinary person having huge impact. Please read The Go-Giver. It's up there, like I said, with Napoleon Hill. And Bob Proctor will tell you as well, extraordinary people create extraordinary people, elevate others to elevate yourself.